91 FM, your weekly politics show. We are here with uh, Dr. Bryce Edwards, now lecturer in politics at Victoria University. Uh, how are you doing, Bryce? Good to have you in Dunedin physically. I love being back in Dunedin, exactly. It's, I, can't, I can't remember the weather being so amazing. Uh, here, yeah, yeah, yeah you forgot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking uh, chiefly about the, I guess, the biggest political story of the week is uh, the controversy surrounding newly elected Green MP Golriz Garaman, uh, Variously labeled as a uh, you know world champion of human rights or genocide denier, uh, depending of which side of the story you're on. Um, what are your what are your first impressions of this saga? Well, it's been kind of confusing to follow it, and there's just so much swirling around, and there's these allegations and then defences from her, and it's kind of a bit hard to work out if this is a beat up or you know what she's guilty of. And I can see that in some ways, you know, she's uh, refuted some of this quite well. In other areas, she's not. So what it, what it breaks down to in my mind is there's two chief charges against her, two allegations, and that she's uh, not guilty of the first one, but she's somewhat guilty of the second. So the first charge allegation is that <coughs> she was doing something wrong by being a defence uh, lawyer in these uh, war crimes tribunals in Rwanda, etc. And so the allegations are that, you know, these are horrendous people, and what the hell was she doing um, defending these people? And she has replied quite um, correctly, I think. Um, and there is a consensus that she's right that, well, if you have these war crimes tribunals, you do need to have a prosecution and defence. Yep. And rule that's just, of law. Yep. Yeah, that's just the rule Natural of law. Justice. You're always going to get that. And I think she's been quite convincing on that, and she's got everyone backing her up from Andrew Geddes here at Otago and the law faculty through to editorial writers. So I, I think she's okay on that one. Um, I'm, there's been, I guess, a bit of... Uh, doubt in terms of that also, you know, that she volunteered. Right. That, um, whether whether this um, defense of a, you know, a uh, alleged perpetrator of genocide is indefensible. That's yeah. kind of the, the yeah. first. And, that, and, and so I think she's, she's, she's not, not guilty of that charge. Yes. Um, although, like I say, this is just a wee bit of doubt because she volunteered to go on that side. She wasn't in the system of lawyers, which is like you have in the New Zealand justice system and you get distributed to different trials. Um, but if you were advising a young law or politics student uh, <laughs> in, in terms of their career and they had this opportunity, yeah. you would advise them to take it, I that, imagine. I think that's right. Yeah. But that does also start to lead into that issue of whether this is all just a big career for her, and that was just a career move. And no, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, <laughs> well, um, I guess that's the crux of it. Did yeah. she really love this guy convic uh, alleged uh, yeah. accused of genocide, or was it a career move? That's right. And she posted photos of herself you know, with him, um, which kind of suggests she had a lot of sympathy for him or some which yeah again and that puts her in a bit more dodgy territory just a wee bit at least um i, I don't think we should get too tied up with, sure. with that but it's the second charge that i think she's failing on and that's whether she's been up front and or whether she and fudged the green party have fudged and um, have been misleading on that and i think she's somewhat guilty of that charge uh, how much i'm not entirely sure but it certainly is the case that um in, in the bio on the website for the green party on wikipedia everywhere it had the statement that she was a prosecutor and bringing justice to the world and that it kind of did yeah kind of hype her up as some sort of Wonder Woman, you know, fighting sure. the baddies of the world. Whereas we know that, um, you know, 
it's a bit more complicated than that, good and evil, and um, you do need these defences. She just didn't really speak up on saying, oh, actually, I yeah. you know, I, I played the part of the defence lawyer. She did at times. Yeah, so, when um, asked. Yeah, yeah, when asked. And um, she's been up front from time to time, but mostly she hasn't. And um, another um, part of it came out this morning that James Shaw was giving a speech to some international relations uh, academics or something um, earlier in this year, and he specifically said she was a prosecutor in Rwanda. Right. She, he was, she was a prosecutor in The Hague, and that just is the true. The telephone game Chinese whispers get sort yeah. of... Uh, and so the question is, yeah, with those Chinese whispers, is it just um, that people get it a bit wrong, or did James Shaw, the leader... Deliberately fudge, it, uh, fudge it. It. And I guess that's what happens in politics. There is a lot of fudging going on. And <laughs> that's there politics. There is a lot of spinning going yeah, on. Yeah. And you do, you try and put your best... Not from the Greens, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I guess they have always tried to do politics differently and or at least portray that they do politics differently and are more upfront, honest. They don't play the spin game, but they all parties yeah. do and it's kind of understandable you try and put your best foot forward you try and you know um do only show the positive side well it's interesting sort of, because yeah. as an mp coming in she had an impressive cv so yeah. going back to those um ideas about you know developing her career she had developed an impressive mm. career on paper and that was then taken by the green party and seized on and turned into this sort of hero story as we need in a narrative in politics <laughs> in our media culture now if you read between the lines of that official statement, she said, you know, prosecuting war criminals and restoring communities after genocide. Now, assisting with the rule of law, you know, by providing defense could be construed as restoring communities. But again, it's very, right. very uh, tenuous political doublespeak there. Yes, and for the average person, myself included, reading <laughs> yeah. those things, I just presumed, oh, yes, she's yeah. out there putting these war criminals, making the charges against them, and... Um, and maybe I didn't think about it enough. And well, if I thought about it more, I might have thought, oh, well, there's different roles, and yes, she had to... Sure. But, um, I mean... No, that's not the way it was portrayed in the soundbite. And it's interesting yeah. with the Greens, because as you say, there's these two charges. The first one, it seems as though she did nothing wrong. But the second yeah. one is the fudging it. But why yeah. would you fudge it unless you thought that it was something, quote-unquote, wrong, or you thought it would be perceived as something wrong. And and one thing that um, is unfortunate today is, uh, you know, Golris was very generous in coming on the show when she was first elected. She's very friendly. We got on great. We agree on a lot of stuff politically. Uh, but she did not want to come on the show today, and basically her yeah. uh, people were saying, we're not giving this any oxygen. So, you know, if, if you're not ashamed of it, well, you, you would front foot it. But yeah. if you are, then you try to let it die. And what I'd say, is that her media handlers are absolutely right in not letting her go on Radio, Radio 1. Damn them. Um, yeah. But Not that from, anyone no, would guess, magnify our interviews. Yeah, but. Well, you never know. Um, but well, I guess what I'm saying is from a media strategy point of view, spin strategy, they have done the right thing. But from a democracy point of view, no, I don't think so. Mm. I think she, this is the biggest controversy of the week. She should be fronting up. And um, yes, that would give it oxygen. But you know, I think that's the role of MPs to come out and and answer these charges. And she's she's got some good lines to you know, come back on yep. it. So, well, um, see, this is the interesting part that I find that because she does really have a good argument and even this, um, you know, uh, bandied about idea of genocide denial because she co-authored a paper that was involved in sort of questioning the official narrative of the, the kickoff of the genocide. Um, and I talked to Kevin Clements oh, yep. about, my, about this in my interview later. Um, that is... 
there's a lot of nuances there, and Rwanda's a very repressive regime, and you're basically not legally allowed to even talk about this stuff in Rwanda. And Phil Quinn is a paid PR hack for the Rwandan government, so that's kind of where this is coming out of. And um, it would be easy enough to kind of front foot this and, and pivot it around, but when you rely on... Um, sort of oversimplified virtue signaling for the crux of your political arguments, as the Greens often do, I feel, then mm. it's a delicate dance. You know, you can't basically... Genocide is just clear-cut, you know, indefensible on Twitter for the left, say. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so you can't really go to bat and, and get these nuanced arguments out there in this type of situation. I feel like that's why they've retreated into the shell. I, th I think you're absolutely right in your, your analysis on that. And, you know, she's a very impressive new politician, and I think she she will go far and she'll be impressive but I also I might be being unfair here but I do suspect that part of the reason that some of her enemies are going after her uh, when I say enemies just opponents and politics sure, on the yeah. right why not uh, seize uh, on the opportunity well there's that I mean that's what politi you know, oppositions are supposed to do they should you know, see what's wrong with those parties and government and, and look for out for any inconsistencies but I suspect there is something a wee bit more to it that they see her as oh I have to be careful my words here but a bit sanctimonious and pious Right. And, um, that yeah. she's quite, because she can be quite aggressive towards her opponents and kind of. She's a good uh, orator. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's obviously yeah. given a lot of, um, you know, very compelling closing arguments in her legal career. Yeah. Uh, she's, yeah. But so even going into it, politics, I think her opponents might feel a bit of uh, offence that she gets up on her high horse. I think that's how yeah. they see her. Yeah. And so now that they've seen that there's a, um, a flaw in her armour, yeah, they're taking a bit of glee in bringing her down. I, I think there's an element of that. And the, yeah, this goes back to what I was saying about the Greens. I mean, just the Greens as a whole, if you're getting on your high horse a lot and that's rubbing people the wrong way and you're kind of um, not accepting the nuance of some of these other arguments, that can then be yes. weaponized against you. Uh, as we're seeing right now. I think that's the case. So, in the end, you know, this will pass. Um, I, I, I think she's still going to be a very impressive MP, but the shine has come off her. She's a, not going to be bit. jumping out in the media to give fiery speeches for the next couple of weeks, Not at for least. the next couple of weeks, but she'll come back, and maybe this has actually been a good reminder to the Greens that it, it is important to be up front and, um, and bend over backwards a wee bit to make sure you're being... Squeaky clean. Squeaky clean, yeah. because your opponents, whether it's just a pragmatic issue... Not that if the same standards were applied to any of the other parties, I mean, this is, of course, the double standard here, but that's that's not who we're talking about this no. week. Yeah, but I, I, I do think the other parties, yeah, maybe should learn from this as well, make sure they are squeaky clean and there's no room for... Uh, I mean, and the other parties with their tobacco lobbyists, National here I'm talking, they had t they've had two mm. ex-tobacco lobbyists, they have... Uh, had heat on them, and rightly so. So, yeah, I think it, it goes all, way, all, all the way around. Yeah, fair yeah. fair comment. Well, hey, thanks a lot, Bryce. Um, no trouble. Yeah, what what else do you think jumps out at you from the political week uh, well, worthy very, of mention? Just very briefly, something that should be mentioned is there was David Fisher, the Herald mm. um, investigative mm. journalist. He had a story yesterday on the New Zealand Herald website. Bizarrely, I don't think it ever turned up on the print paper. Right. About um, pretty much that if you go back to the moment of truth back in 2014 you know that dot-com meeting where he got Edward Snowden in from Moscow um, Snowden had these revelations about 
spear gun, which was the code name for uh, the Mass surveillance. Yeah, mass surveillance. US, um, uh, sorry, New Zealand intelligence agencies cooperating with the Five Eyes to put a, um, a tap into the underwater sea cables yep, carry collect the, all of and the collect all the data. Um, Snowden said this is mass surveillance. Um, you know, and and John Kidd previously said, well, if there's any. If there's found to be any mass surveillance, I will resign or something. Well, and what and he said was, as soon as I found out about it, I stopped it. Yeah. And it was replaced with not so a that, collection yeah. project, but a cybersecurity malware protection project. That, that's right. That's what he said. And so the latest revelations uh, David Fisher has found is that, I mean, it gets all a bit complicated. The timeline the was timeline. not, it, it did yeah. eventually get replaced yeah. with a cybersecurity malware project, but not for many months. No. And, uh, and the crucial John Key was speaking publicly and saying it was all over and done with. Yes. But that, so it's all a bit complicated, and that, those timeline things are uh, important. But I think what it comes down to was Key basically has been revealed as saying, being told that this uh, mass surveillance uh, spear gun um, project uh, is known about by Edward Snowden, and he there's a good chance that he will um, reveal come it. out and reveal yeah. it. And so at that point, John Key said, right, we're getting rid of it then. Yeah. And it, so it wasn't... And that was the... So <laughs> him getting rid of it was purely pragmatic. He didn't know about it. It wasn't because of... Hater said that we didn't. Uh, as soon as I yeah, found like, out, I yeah. mean, I was horrified. Hi, yes. That's right, not at all. It was as soon as he found out that he'd been caught. Uh, but of that, course, he had no idea that Kim.com even lived in his electorate, apparently. Apparently, apparently that's right. So it does draw uh, questions about um, key stunts on all of those matters, which. Um, we're largely, I think, accepted by the media and the public, um, and perhaps <laughs> it shouldn't have been. Well, and I think, I guess, um, you know, if it wasn't for the change of government, then this might get a little bit, a lot more traction. But um, yeah, that, given that's, that's, the change of right, government, actually. I guess it's kind of um, and given old that he, news. Yeah, yeah. He, he went what a year or so ago. Yeah, and um, but maybe you know, it's interesting because there's been a lot of speculation about why did John Key resign exactly mm -hmm. when he did and the exact mm -hmm. timing, and most people just thought he didn't want to lose. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of people speculated that there was some specific. I mean, nobody mm -hmm. wants to lose, but there's got to be something to sort of weight your decision making and mm -hmm. push it over the edge, and and some document or leak or. Um, but now, in the context of the timing, uh, and as long as it took David Fisher to actually make this request and get the documents out through the ombudsman, that exactly. could have something to do with it. I, I think you're onto something there in the sense that yes, they delayed this coming out as long as they could. Yeah, and so they knew how dangerous this was if it came out at the time. Yes, I think it would have been very damaging to John Key. Now, not so much. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks a lot, Bryce. Um, we're glad you can be in Dunedin for this run of good weather and enjoy your uh, political conference. And um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Good stuff, Abe. Cheers. You're on Radio 1, 91 FM, Politrix. We'll finally play.